let's do a royal minute. Well, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle are looking to become financially independent by stepping back from their royal families. And so that means that they have uh, stirred up things. And the, the queen is not at all pleased. But they want to regain some financial independence. They are believed to settle in uh, Northern America and Canada. So they are going to be, looks like they're going to be residing in Canada. And Meghan Markle is actually going to do voiceover work with Disney in exchange for them to do a donation for her charity. So yes, Disney will be making a charitable contribution for Meghan, Meghan Markle doing voiceover work for Disney. And this has been your Royal Minute. According to media reports, Justin Bieber has been diagnosed with Lyme disease. Lyme disease is normally brought on by being exposed to ticks, and ticks are normally found by dogs, so if you have exposure to dogs or in contact with dogs, uh, you can get exposed to ticks. Now, for most of 2019, doctors struggled to determine what was going on with Justin, and it wasn't until late in the year that it was discovered and diagnosed that, uh, that he had Lyme disease. So he ended up canceling most of his uh, dates at the end of the year of 2019. But Justin Bieber plans to do a 2020 tour. So he plans on doing uh, 2020 tours going on this year. And, uh, but going back to Lyme disease for a moment, Lyme disease, it is curable if treated early and caught early, but if left untreated, it can cause complications uh, to the heart, to the joints, and to the nervous system. So we'll have to just uh, keep monitoring that for Justin, and hopefully everything goes well with treatment for him. Uh, I am a dog person myself, um, and there's many things you need to be aware of, you know, with dogs, but for the most part, if your yard is, uh, if your environment is uh, maintained well, then uh, so luckily, so far, from my, as far as my case goes, uh, things have been a-okay, so. Well, we've all been told that breakfast is the most important part of the day. But according to Dr. Oz, he doesn't believe we need to eat breakfast and that it's just an advertising ploy. He had more to say. So he believes we need to cancel breakfast and only eat when we're hungry. He also says that 
we need to only eat in an eight-hour window, and that's it. Now, all of this is part of his 2020-20 steps, and you can find that more online if you type in Dr. Oz 20 uh, steps for 2020. But he believes we only need to eat in an eight-hour window per day. He believes that we need to cancel breakfast and just do brunch. So he's developed the hashtag cancel breakfast. But he believes we need to eat only in an eight-hour window per day. And that eight-hour window is between 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. He believes we do not need to eat before 11 a.m. or after 7 p.m. And so he believes that when we wake up in the morning, we're not actually hungry all the time. But we have this idea in our head that, okay, we've been, we've been told breakfast is the most important part of the day. And I believe it is, but he doesn't. And he thinks it's just an advertising ploy, a marketing thing that, Makes money, and it does, but doesn't seem it to be doesn't deem it to be necessary. But I am kind of intrigued by his eleven a.m. to seven p.m. idea that um, we should only be eating in an eight-hour window every day because I know it's not healthy to be eating, let's say midnight at night or ten at night. And so we know that, and and so maybe that has something that that can help us all uh, deal with obes obesity issues and stuff like that. So if we can maybe stick to that 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. window to just eat only, that would be beneficial for all of us. Uh, I will say this, though. He does say that while we should only eat in the 8-hour window, the times that we are not eating, outside of that window, we need to be exercising and working out. Well, it is 2020. It is a political year. And that usually means political ads. Yes, we'll be bombarded and overwhelmed by political ads during the 2020 year as it being an election year and that also means that as we get closer to the election more and more of these ads will be popping up. Now that's to be expected. What's not to be accepted or well, what's not to be expected is what is not acceptable is for political ads to make their way into the Super Bowl. Well, Bloomberg and Trump have shattered that logic by purchasing ads that were run during this year's Super Bowl. Bloomberg is a Democratic candidate, and uh, he has one of the largest spending budgets for his campaign. And with Trump seeing that, he had to throw his political ad in the ring. And so, yes... Super Bowl ads will pop up during this year's Super Bowl, which is unacceptable. It has no place, politics have no place in the Super Bowl or during the Super Bowl, and it's a worldwide event celebrated worldwide for an American sport. 
So hopefully I'm gonna try not to let it uh spoil my t enjoyment of the game or spoil my Super Bowl experience. But uh, it's definitely something that's not wanted by me anyway. I have no interest in political ads during the Super Bowl. It's just not, there's no place for that. But the NFL sure does not mind taking their money, and that's easily uh, obvious. Bloomberg does have this going for him, though. He does have the endorsement of Judge Judy. Judge Judy has endorsed Bloomberg. And she has said that she will, uh, she had, she would agree to travel with him during campaign rallies and rally for him to support his message and endorse his message. So Bloomberg does have Judge Judy on his side and uh, her endorsement. But again, I'm going to try to keep a peaceful mind and try to not let political ads get in the way of the actual game. Of course, they will not have any um, effect on the outcome of the game, but just an overall enjoyment may be impacted. But I'm going to try to not let that mess up my enjoyment and enjoy the game. Hopefully, it will be a good game. Let's talk NFL. Well, I was fully prepared to come on here and talk about the Tennessee Titans run, but I must start with the way that the game between the Houston Texans and the Tennessee Titans finished up. Houston jumped on top of the Chiefs 24 to nothing in just the first quarter. They came out took the opening possession, drove down the field, threw a deep pass, and scored the opening touchdown of the game for the Texans. And then, the Texans get a blocked punt and run that in for a touchdown, making it 14-0 for the Texans. But that was not all. On the next kickoff, or I believe it was a punt return actually, the Texans punted the ball to the Kansas City Chiefs, and Tyreek Hill fumbled the ball, leading on just a couple of plays, another touchdown for the Texans, making it 21 to nothing. And I'm just watching this game thinking there's no way that this is happening. I just, how can this be happening to the Andy Reid and the Chiefs are so well coached and so well prepared all the time. But they were not helping themselves. They were, Kansas City was beating themselves. They, they were turning the ball over. We're not turning the ball over, but they were dropping the ball. Patrick Mahomes was getting in the ball, and you couldn't ask for better throws. And the receivers were just dropping wide open passes. And then 
Houston gets a little conservative. Instead of going for it on fourth and one, which could have made it a 28 to nothing game, they settle for a field goal and it put them up 24 to nothing. And then on the next kickoff, Kansas City returns it to the midfield, giving Patrick Mahomes a short field and they score. And you're thinking, okay, maybe they have a little fight in them. But I must admit, before they scored that touchdown, make it 24-7, I'm thinking, I just can't believe they're about to go out and get knocked out. But with Patrick Mahomes, no one could have done what Patrick Mahomes did yesterday. So that made it 24-7. Then Houston, on their own 31 does a fake punt on 4th and 4, I believe it was, and it is no good. The Chiefs stuffed the punt, the fake punt attempt in the backfield, giving Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs another short field, which is n something you never want to do against them because they can score so quick, and they score, making it 24-14. to 14. Then, the next kickoff, the Texans get the ball, and they fumble the kickoff. And Kansas City, before you know it, they're only down by three. They go into halftime, Kansas City leading by four points, 28-24. And the game from there was pretty much over. They had pretty much knocked the life out of the Texans, and they did not put up much of a fight. In the second half, but the the Chiefs scored seven consecutive touchdowns. That is the first time that has happened in a playoff game. And something else that's the first time that happened during a playoff game. The 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 Chiefs are the first team in the playoffs to be down by twenty. And win by 20 in the same game. So that's the first time in history, in, in playoff history. So that was a remarkable game. It's ups and downs all over the place. So the Chiefs punched their ticket to what is now the NFL's version of the Final Four. And they are awaiting... The Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans will be going to travel to Arrowhead to play in Kansas City for the AFC Championship game. And it's a remarkable run that the Titans are on. They have beaten two elite teams, the New England Patriots, who were in it... Uh, the Patriots were AFC East champions, and the Baltimore Ravens, which the Titans defeated, were or are AFC North champions. So the Titans have gone to the AFC East and AFC North champions to advance to the AFC Championship game.
where they will now play the AFC West champions, Kansas City Chiefs. So they have one of the more difficult roads to the championships. Well, one of the more mo most difficult... Let me start that over. The Titans have now one of the more ch challenging paths to the Super Bowl that I can ever remember in the NFL. They will have to beat three division winners to make the Super Bowl. So they knocked down the Ravens 28-12. to And Tennessee was a 10-point underdog. And they end up winning by 16 points. And pretty much shutting down that Baltimore offense. They contained Lamar Jackson for the most part. Yes, he did get out and run the ball, but nothing major, no big. They mainly made him run the ball on the outside because when he can run up the middle, that's where he hurts you. But if he makes a run to the outside, he gets less yards and less production on the offense. So very, very impressive defensive performance from the Titans and very, very impressive Offensive performance from their running back Derrick Henry, who continues to just run and gas and run over people on his way to the end zone. So it's going to be a very physical matchup, I believe, between the Titans and the Chiefs. And if the Titans can slow the game down and play keep away and and keep the ball out of the Chiefs' hands, they have a very good chance. But I'll give the advantage again to Kansas City because Kansas City has, they dealt with the most adversity you could face in the playoff game, being down 24 nothing, and they were able to overcome it and, and score, 50, score 51 points to 7 points over the Texans in the rest of the game. And so I just think the Chiefs are mentally tough, and they're ready for this. They're ready to take the next step to the Super Bowl. So now we go over to the NFC, and on the NFC side, you have Green Bay, which defeated Seattle, and they were pretty much twenty-one to nothing in control. And Seattle made a little run at the end, but they were it was not enough. And Green Bay went won twenty eight to twenty three. And on then in the earlier game that day, you had San Francisco, the Marlins, the Vikings, and that was a very impressive win for San Francisco. So now that sets up a NFC Championship game between uh Minnesota. Uh, sorry. NFC Championship game now is set up to be Green Bay Packers at San Francisco 49ers. And I'm going to give the advantage to San Francisco. I think they have a better running game. I think they have more weapons on offense. And I think they have a better defense than um, Green Bay. And I also think Kyle Shanahan, even though he's a first-time coach, this being his fourth year, 
and he's been to the Super Bowl as an offensive coordinator for uh, the Atlanta Falcons when they were up 28-3 against the Patriots and lost that game in the Super Bowl. Uh, he, but he's got the experience, and so I'm going to give the 49ers the edge over Green Bay because Green Bay has Mike LaFleur, I think his name is, Mike LaFleur. And I just don't think he's been he's been experienced enough. So I'm gonna give Kyle Shanahan the experience factor, and give the overall talent, um, the overall talent edge to the San Francisco 49ers. So it should be a very fun and interesting weekend for the conference championship games, and we'll, of course. After this, we'll have Super Bowl matchups. And so, yeah, next time we'll be talking Super Bowl matchups um, on the next episode. So, we will have the outcomes of the Kansas City and Tennessee game and the San Francisco and Green Bay game on the next show. Well, while the playoff games were going on in the NFL... There were, during the Chiefs and Texans game, Bill Cower, former Pittsburgh head coach, was announced that he will be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And then in the next game, between Green Bay and Seattle, it was announced that former Cowboys champion coach, Jimmy Johnson was announced to make the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And so, yes, you, they're, they're both Super Bowl winning coaches and deservedly so deserved their spot in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So that's a big congratulations out to Jimmy Johnson and Bill Cowher uh, for their work and success in the NFL. And Jimmy Johnson was very, very emotional as he found out on the air uh, during halftime. And it was very cool because you had Troy Aikman, who was actually calling the Green Bay Seattle game on the big monitor there to wish him and congratulations and everything. So very, very cool moment for both of them. Time has come now for the college football playoff national championship between the NSU Tigers and the Clemson Tigers. And it is a matchup that many are happy that the Alabama Crimson Tide are not involved in the championship game for once because they've been dominant for a while. And Clemson has been there for the past three or four years or so as well. But they are out, or they are in, but they are outnumbered, it appears, by LSU. LSU has a quarterback named Joe Burrow, who has won the Heisman Trophy and led his team to seven consecutive touchdowns in the 
semifinal matchup against Oklahoma. And then he is expected to be the number one pick in the 2020 NFL Draft. And then on the other side for the Clemson Tigers, you have Trevor Lawrence, who is a defending national champion and who will declare for the 2021 NFL Draft where he is expected to be a number one quarterback. So, it's going to be a showdown between two very talented quarterbacks, also two very talented running backs. There's talent all over the field. While Clemson has been there and done that and has the experience, I think LSU this year is the team to beat in college football. They just have this unbelievable play calling and execution and I also believe they had the better defense in this matchup as well. So, all that points me to lead that I am picking the LSU Tigers to defeat the Clemson Tigers in the Battle of Tigers 34-27. to That is my final outcome for the prediction of the National Championship for College Football for the 2019-2020 season. I just think that uh, while both teams are evenly matched, the game is being played in Louisiana. It's being played in New Orleans. And so it's in LSU's backyard. And yes, while Clemson has been in hostile environments in the before, I just think this time all the mojo is on LSU's side. Everything lined up for them to be in New Orleans. And they, like I said, it's in their backyard. And LSU is the hot flavor right now. But just something about LSU right now that tells me they have all the momentum to take care of business and get the job done in the state of Louisiana. Now, one interesting thing I think that you can take advantage of if you happen to be a LSU fan or a Clemson fan, if you have SEC Network or ACC Network, you can actually watch the game and hear the hometown Homer radio broadcast for both LSU and Clemson on the SEC Network. They will have the radio call from the LSU perspective and on the ACC Network they will have the radio call from the Clemson perspective. So if you're looking for a little homer picking and hometown flavor for the individual schools 
SCC network and ACC network is where it's going to be. And then, of course, you've got the big game on ESPN, the traditional broadcast. And on the other ESPN platforms, you have sky cams and coaches, film room perspectives. And so, whatever your flavor is, it's out there. You can get all of it. For me, I'm more of a traditional broadcast. Just give me the traditional broadcast game. But, I may take a peek on the hometown radio calls and peek in on the LSU broadcast and Clemson broadcast from time to time. But, for the most part, I think I'll be sticking with the traditional broadcast on ESPN. And again, I think LSU has enough to win the national title in the state of Louisiana. So, go Badgers. What the heck did I just say? It's a game of Tigers, and I'm saying go Badgers. <laughs> what is that about? Now, the only reason I say go Badgers is because LSU used to have a player named Tyron Smith that now plays for the Kansas City Chiefs and they used to call him Honey Badger so I guess that's where I got Badger from but go Tigers on the LSU side in this one and of course I'll have a game recap on the next episode so you'll definitely want to tune back in for that but for now that's my pick for the game before this episode comes to a close I would like to Focus on a segment that I introduced a new segment last episode called That's what that means This episode the word or phrase that qualifies for That's what that means is pardon my French pardon my French is used to apologize for swearing so this episode the word was oh the word or phrase was pardon my French it is used to apologize for swearing so that is the that's what that means for this episode and that will wrap up this applauded episode follow and keep in touch with applauded it on the fan page facebook.com slash exploded it that's facebook.com slash exploded it and keep up with applauded it by following me on twitter at radio ralph media this has been a radio ralph production of applauded it powered by exploded it
Signing off. Until next time. I am Radio Ralph. Thanks for joining me on this uploaded episode. And tune back in for the next episode coming next week.